Hello and welcome to this Euro 2020 special episode of your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Emekonwoka and it is my pleasure to have you join us on this episode. Um, I think weeks ago we did um, um, a preview to the start of the tournament. The tournament is, um, well, how do I put it? A few of the groups have ended their um, the matches and we know those who have qualified from the group we've got Italy and Wales have qualified from their group um, Wales tonight Ukraine and sorry Austria joined um, Holland to qualify from their their group there are still um, three other groups up for grabs but I've got with me in the pod my very special friends who um, instantly all support the same club side, but we will not mention that here tonight. I've got in Lagos, Bimbo Adekoya. Welcome to your Sports Memo podcast once again, Bimbo. Good evening, Emeka. Uh, lovely to join the team today. Right. In London, I've got Amit Imbachia. Amit, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast again. Thank you for having me again. Right. Very happy to be here. Um, also in London, is um, he is a host of a Back of the Net uh, podcast. He is Matt Smith. Matt, thank you for joining us on your yes. Sports Memo podcast. No, thank you for having me, Calvin. It's a pleasure. Right. Where do we start? What has been the highlight so far? Listen, gentlemen, I've got to ask you this. Two Saturdays ago, how did you feel when Christian Eriksen tumbled over? Duh. Bimbo. Duh. Um, you know, it's, um, for me, it was personal and um, also brought back memories. I slumped in 2012. Oh, wow. And yes, and um, December 21st to be precise. And um, it was a CPR that helped me up. And that's, you know, just looking at that, that just brought memories. But I remembered also watching Fabrice Mwamba, you know, slump on the field mm-hmm. at Bolton and he was gone. So he just brought back those memories. And I was watching the game with my wife and it was a bit crazy. It was a mixed emotion. And a couple of us were not sure. We thought he was gone until, you know, on the over Twitter we saw... The shots, yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah, and that just brought back, and it was so exciting to see him back because, for once, everybody everybody forgot about the Euros, and he just wanted the life the guy to make it. So those things are are touching, but thank God that you had medical staff, the captain, the teammates, so many things just lined up, and you know, and you know that could have marred the Euros, but I I hope. uh, I hope he, whatever happens, we've been able to, you know, learn from that experience and and move on. But it was a tough one. It was a tough one to swallow. So on a personal note, just brought back so many memories. Matt. But good that is is back. Thanks. Matt, I was I was so certain. I still believe that. God forbid, if Christian Eriksen had not made it, the tournament would have ended. They would have had to cancel the tournament. Because I don't see any other, I don't see the players from all the teams. I don't see the players 
want would have wanted to continue. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's make it's crazy because I remember that game. I was in and out of watching it because I was getting ready to go somewhere mm. and could just hear the commotion. And I remember just running in, going, "What's going on? What's going on?" And then they literally just showed the highlight as he went to get the ball back. And when he just the way his eyes went and he just fell, I my heart went honestly. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. What is going on? And it's crazy because it's like you might not support the team or the player. Matt, we've lost you there. Hello, Calvin. Can you hear me? Nah, I can hear you. Nah, carry on. Nah, I yeah, sorry, I don't know what. I don't know what happened there. No, I was just saying it was a. Uh, just very sad like you know just the way he went down and I, I was panicking I was like oh my god what is going on and then they literally just shielded him off and it was just such a concerning moment you know, um, I mean it, it was I, I, I remember that I was watching it and I was screaming on the TV I was screaming and saying don't do this Christian get up Christian what are you doing oh, that's all I was doing get up Christian get up don't do this please I was oh. so Petrified. And I, we I were, were scared. We were. It was. It was. It was. Look. It was a scary moment. Um, but what I did, we looked at it from. saying that in the actual moment, we were all scared and we were all worried for his health and you know um, club affinities and country affinities. They just went out the window. Yes. We were all a football family. We were all a football family at that time. You know, what I mean, we were concerned for someone that's playing in a tournament that we watched so much in England, and you know now he's in Italy. Just one the Scudetto and uh, you know we see him going through this and it's like oh my god I can't believe this is happening mm. we're, and we're so desperate for a positive tournament for a positive light on football and this Euro was meant to be the shining light and then this happened and luckily thankfully that you know um, he has made he's made it out the other side yeah. he's you know and he's, he's showing good spirits now so um, the you know, the, the, um, well, it's unfortunate for Denmark they lost that game. But um, everyone kind of wanted Denmark to win after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, I know. It was, but it was, it, you know, it was, it was a very difficult moment for Denmark. And I can completely understand um, from the players' point of view, it was a difficult uh, to you know continue with the game as normal. But you know, they had to. They, you know, the game went on. They lost the game, but you know what? That's been a low light and some positivity has come out of it as well and it's shed some awareness about you mm, know mm, all these things mm. about looking up themselves and getting checked and things like this so yeah right onto the football Italy yes. Italy seems to be the um, the um, <laughs> what how do I put it they some of people of my generation who grew up watching Italian football and their ultra defensive even aggressive mm. <laughs> even wicked uh, football that they used to play at that time have mm. come into this tournament under Mancini playing some really really lovely lovely stuff I am very old school yeah. I, I, I would want um, I would want them to go all the way but historically yeah. I, I, I always worry when a team is playing so well at the start of a tournament I really worry I prefer I prefer my teams to pick up as the tournament goes on rather than start like a house on fire. I mean, wh- where do you stand on this Italian form at the moment? Um, for me, it, it's interesting. Just like you, uh, my first 
World Cup experience was Italia, I think it was Spain 92, and Italy was was my team. You had the likes of Tadelli, Rossi and Co. But one thing they've, you know, I think after losing out of the last tournament, not qualifying, mm-hmm. Mancini has put together a team. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that they've gone 29 games unbeaten, yep. scored 31 goals, yeah. 10 consecutive clean sheets. And the interesting thing I, I, I told a friend the other day, I said, they've not even upped their game and played an A-game. They're just the typical business-like Italians. And it will be interesting to see them. For me, they are, they are the favourites. Mm. I'd actually tip, I'd actually tip France at the beginning and calling them the super favorites, and I still tip France. But the Italians are looking like the real deal, and they've not even moved up uh, to the next gear. For me, they're just compact, getting the job done, business-like, and in Mancini, they have an experienced gaffer that knows how to get the guys going. And one thing I'll I would like to drop is mm. the camaraderie among the players. Everybody yeah. seems to be on it, and that is one thing that Italians have going for them. Whoever uh, comes on, they are ready to go. Right, um, man. I, I, I always this this bit that Bimbo mentioned about camaraderie and all of that. I mm. back. I think it was back in. Um, 2007 or thereabouts, some something was going on. I think Manchester United were playing really well, and um, somebody said that there was a good team spirit. And, and I, I don't remember um, a former United player. I don't remember who he was exactly saying, "Team spirit is always easy when you're winning. It's easy to <laughs> yeah. It's easy for it's easy for teams to appear. It's easy for teams to appear." all united and all of that when they're winning so um people have said that the camaraderie amongst the um, italian team is really top notch and all that do you do you subscribe to that and um, italians apart who's who has impressed you in the tournament thus far do you know what the camaraderie thing with italy is massive i feel since mancini's gone there mm. You can see he's brought a really good team spirit. You know, when he left Man City, people weren't sure about him, but he's gone there and done a great job. You look at some of the players he's brought in, we know, you know, some of them like Bellotti, Barella, but now you're seeing, you know, I've been talking to Amit about there's the guy at left wing back, Spinazzola. Spinazzola. And you see someone like him, you think, what the hell? Who is. <laughs> Why do we keep losing you, Matt? What are you using to speak? <laughs> why? Why do we keep losing him? I mean, it's coming, please. But let me let, let me actually expand on um, Spinazzola for for a minute. Yeah. Um, like Matt and I were actually discussing it this morning. Uh, funnily enough, mm. we're looking at Spinazzola. Is um, him playing at left wing back? He's right footed. Yes. But the way he mm. plays, he makes it look so. It's it's weird. He's one of those players where mm. you know what he's gonna do, but you just can't stop it. Yeah. You know what I mean, and the way he comes in, and he's, he he knows he's so um, ex- expert in his role. Yes. And the way Insignia is sort of linking with him on the on that wing is so good because Insignia has to cut in, cut in and uh, so does he. But when the defenders um, they don't expect the the left wing back to cut in as well. 
So when yeah. that happens, it opens up, opens up so much space for all the runners that are running into the middle, like Locatelli and so forth. From them, like it's just the Italian team have got some sort of they they've got like this um they've got the mentality like they want to prove everyone prove to everyone that look we are not a spent force. They've spent, they've got they are how many games? It's thirty games undefeated under Mancini now. Yep. Like yep. on an international basis, that is outstanding. And they haven't they haven't come across poor teams. They've come across some really big hitters, and they've swept them all aside. But and uh, let, let me pour even, let me pour cold water on this with my history, because I I would want personally I'll be fine with Italy winning the um, the tournament. But I remember the Italian side of Italian night managed by Azelio Vicini, the same yep. team in which Mancini played for. They yep. started the tournament on fire, and they did not concede until the semi-final. <laughs> they didn't concede until the semi-final, and they lost in the semi-final. So that's why this was why I said earlier that. I would rather my, I would rather my team. Yes. I didn't say Italy were going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> right. All, all I said is, for now they've started. Listen, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Yes. I said before the tournament, mm-hmm. I really feel Italy. If they're not going to win it, they get into the final because, like Abit said, the 30 game unbeaten thing. Then now you look at clean sheets. Is it clean sheets in the last? Is it 11 games? Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you're playing to do that. That's phenomenal. And as I said, you look at all the teams, all the teams in the tournament. They've all got this guy in France, Drew, Hungary. But Italy, look, they made rotation. They still, still beat Wales one nil. They dispatched Switzerland with ease. I just love everything about that team, and I'm sure everyone in this group will agree. Just their their, their swag. Mm. I love it. (laughs) I I love it. They, they. I agree with you, Mark. They're Italian, so they've. They come with swag, but you see, always going to win best friend. Again, the best friend over competition. You know what I'm saying? The team in um, the team in ninety. Let me read out the defense of the team in ninety. I'm just recalling yeah, them now. On. The defense had um, Fernando Dinapoli playing as right wing back, and the three centre backs were um, Ricardo Feli, Giuseppe Pegomi, and and Franco Baresi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with Paolo Maldini as the left wing back. Walter Zenga was the keeper. Now, just what you call a defense to die for. <laughs> they, they, they were never going to give up anything. They weren't. They were not going to give up anything. And I, I remember at the time, they, they struggled with scoring goals, which was why Mancini lost his place. It was also why um, Viali, Viali lost his place. And then in the end, it became a Roberto Baggio and um, uh, Skilachi. Baggio and Skilachi yeah. frontline. And I really, yeah. they were so good. I sincerely believe mm. they should have. They wished, if they had not lost to Argentina in that semi final on penalties, I think they would have taken Germany in that final. Really, they would have taken Germany. Yeah. And they would have helped the history of football, the way football went on in the end. But I guess they had to pay a price for what they did to Brazil in 82. So, right. um, we we who's gone? We progress to progress to Belgium. How are Belgium still the number one ranked football nation? That frustrates FIFA me. Ranking. FIFA ranking. 
<laughs> you know what, guys? Like, I, I can't really take that those rankings seriously. To be honest with you, like, same I, here. Same here. I do, I do like this. And don't get me wrong, Belgium have a mm-hmm. have a very good squad. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just thought that in the last uh, couple of years, when Hazard, um, Eden Hazard, that is, um, when he was that Hazard from Chelsea, yes, and then he all of these other players coming through, these youngsters coming through, his brother. Uh, Tielemans, uh, Lukaku was going well, Carrasco was doing well, and then the, all of these, a lot of these players um, have sort of fallen off a little bit. Like mm. Carrasco went to went to China, yeah. uh, got bored and came back, and then you got the only people that have done well. Uh, obviously, your KDB, obviously I can't discount him at all, but um, mm. I don't <laughs> even think their defense. I don't understand how they haven't. Sort of gone past that. Vermalen's still in the team. Yeah, I was, I was, I was dumbfounded when I saw Vermalen. I said, "Where did he come from?" I thought he had retired. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I don't know how they still they're ranked. I don't know how they're ranked um, number one still. But you know what? Let's mm. just. I think they're ranked on potential. Like we, everybody thinks they're going to be like, oh, look at Belgium's team. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm looking mm. at it, but their defense is not great. And I think they, they, if their attack doesn't do well, they're going to concede. This is this that's is, what I look at. Bro. This is um, Bimbo. This is um, yeah. I have to wonder because when we did the preview of this of this um, tournament, earlier, one of the things I said was the most one of the most difficult tags to wear is that of the best team of best generation. Generation, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. this Belgian side are already. This is, I, I believe, for with a team that has um, Vermeulen and Ventogen and Alderweireld yeah. with um, Munier and this this team. Really, this is their last chance. Now, mm. do you think, Bimbo, Do you think that, that the team, as we have seen in the in the last two games, that a team with such frailties at the back. Do you think that when it gets to it, that coming up against um, the speed of Mbappe's France, the speed of <laughs> the speed of um, um, the way the Germans um, uh-huh. resorted against Portugal the other day, that do you think they would they would they would that they do you think they can win this tournament really? Um, like I said, the super favorites for New World are France. Um, and looking at Italy followed by Italy but I think they could get they could go all the way to the semis and that's where the business side of the game comes in and you've said it that defence line looks frail and if Bappe runs at those guys forget it I don't see them except they come up with um, Martinez and with Aria and their backroom staff come up with a with some tactical genius and have a bit of luck I don't Mm. see how they could go all the way up front in the middle they do have this. They, I've seen them. I, I, I've given them the the most what I call the the best team goals. I've seen them the way mm. they will go one on one and put the passes together. Just delightful to watch. You will see Lukaku that he had a chance. And my my apologies to Harry Kane. If it was Harry Kane, Harry Kane will have gone for it. But Lukaku still look at it. So they have it going for them up front. Yes. But that yeah. defense line is very frail, and that is where when it comes to the business side of it. You get into those semi-finals and the knockout stages. Can they make the cut? I'm not too sure. 
I'm not too sure. See, this is the thing, though. For me, in every tournament, any team that makes the semi-final, when it gets to the last four, any of those four can win it. For me, if they, I agree. They, they, I agree. Once, if 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 Belgium gets as far as as the last four, or better off, for me, anybody can. Anybody can do it because you can easily decide. Okay, we will drag everybody to penalties and win on penalties and win the tournament. Um, I mean, when you when you saw Germany laboring against um, France the other day, when it never looked like they could score, and then they 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 considered so early against um, Portugal, did you think that they were going to recover in the way and manner with which they recovered? Honestly, um, with Germany. They're a confusing team. Uh, <laughs> I agree honestly, with you there. You know, I look at I look at Germany. I look at the squad. I'm thinking, well, you know what? That squad looks okay, but yes. they lack a they lack a, they lack a striker mm. that is prolific, mm. right? I, I'm trying to think of the last striker that was a prolific German striker that he is the guy reliant. And the first one I can think of is closer. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's the closest. That's the that's the uh, last one I could think of. Yep. Now, Timo, Timo Werner was meant to be the next one, but because of his, um, well, because Chelsea. because of his Chelsea form, indifferent season. Yeah. Let's call it. <laughs> let's call it indifferent. Um, it, if you look at his, if you look at his stats realistically, it wasn't even that bad. But it looked worse because of the chances he missed. Mm. But um, but then you look at uh, the new and up and coming players that they have. Like your Kai Havertz, um, I'm looking at Jamal Musiala. Is there mm. Serge Gnabry? You know they they were Gnabry. That midfield, for example, if I look at that midfield, I just think amazing. Like that midfield itself could win it, but they need a prolific striker. I just I don't know who that's going to be. If it's going to be Werner, he needs to up his game. Um, but Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sane. Gundogan, uh, Goretzka, Tony Cruz in the middle, Kimmich. I mean, like, these names I'm just adding so, to you. They have, Sounds well class. Yeah, they do have a proper, proper squad on there. They really do. They, they. But you, you watch the way they labelled against them, um, France, and you, you fear, you want to think that you're not sure they can. That if, if, um, if they get. Properly by a brave team that they might not they might not do um, that well. Matt, Matt, you you um you see Portugal. Portugal start every game with these two holding midfielders in Danilo and William Cavalho, right? (laughs) When you when you see when you see the way they are set up, the the instinct would be to say that it's quite defensive and people are saying that, that yeah. that's why um they've struggled to to create they struggle to create anything against um against germany but yeah. i actually think that the reason why they've not been doing they didn't do that well against germany was because the offensive players in bruno yeah. fernandez and um bernardo silva have stuck out the joint since this tournament. Oh, big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. True. 
and you know what is with Portugal like we look at their team individually great talent mm, you know exactly. we, still, we see Jota you see uh, let's go defence Ruben Diaz unfortunately they lost Cancelo who would have been a great asset for them that's a big blow let's yeah. not underestimate that yeah, he's a um, yeah like you said you know yeah, Bruno, last two games, uh, honestly, I've just been watching thinking, wow, like, where is he? Like, you know, and with, but no, it's true. And with Bernardo, to be fair, he hasn't had the best season at City. Yeah. He hasn't started a lot of games. Yeah. So even, we, we didn't really expect him to come to this reform, but we know he can do better. Mm-hmm. But I know you like the two in midfield, but when I look at them two, I look and think, why? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, William Carvalho, how he's still playing, <laughs> I, how old is he now? Like, because I remember season, I remember seasons gone, William Carvalho linked to this team in the Premier League. William, and I'm like, you're no, still going. No, Matt, let me surprise, Matt, let me surprise you. He's not even 39. He's not even 39. But you see, with that, and this will lead on to Amit's, one of Amit's favourite players, I feel like this is the type of tournament, considering how we ended the season, for Ronaldo Sanchez. Yes. We saw when he came on, when he came on, that power. You know what, Matt? Let me explain, let me quickly expand on Ronaldo Sanchez. Yeah, hold on, hold on, Amish. Has he gone? What is wrong with you, Matt? Why do you keep going? What is he? getting too excited. Is he, he is, take he, a break. is he borrowing the data or something? What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Amish. Let, 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 Matt, let Matt reconnect. Let me just quickly expand on Ronaldo Sanchez. Yeah, now, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, Ronaldo. I've, I've been I've been a big fan of Ronaldo Sanchez since they won the Euros prior. Now that tournament is after that he won the Golden Boy. Now not everybody wins the Golden Boy. Do you know what I mean? He is a class player. Yes, he had a dip when he. I remember when he came to Swansea and he passed the ball into the, the advertising stand. People like oh people like oh Ronaldo Sanchez is finished. Listen, the kid is 23 years old now. He's still got a long way to go. And in the fact that he's made it into this Portugal team with all that talent around there, mm. you have to give him some props because he's picked himself up. He made it to, he went to France. He won the league there. And he's become a integral part of that uh, little team that won. Now, with Ronaldo, with Ronaldo Sanchez, he should be replacing either Danilo or William Carvalho because yeah. when he comes on, he makes a difference. Because when he came on a... Um, in the last game against uh, against Germany, both did games. You see that shot? Both games. Did both you games. Yeah, exactly. Every time he got on, he was different. He does something. Mm. This is what I'm saying. There's no point of having having him sit on the bench. No, don't bring a player like Renato Sanchez into your team if you're not going to utilize him. Yes, correct. He's not a sub. You have to start him because if you play defensive, all your attacking threats you have like Bruno Fernandez, mm. they feel shackled because they don't get the support. They need the attacking support. They need runners. Mm, and Renato yeah. Sanchez are willing people like Renato Sanchez are willing runners Danilo and William Carvalho one of them can play and hold 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 the ball mm-hmm. in midfield and pass it on to someone better and right. that's what yeah. they need to do right Matt if you're not going to go this time yeah. if you're not going to go this time <laughs> you have to make sure you stay how um, France are everybody's mm. favourites for this yeah. tournament and um, the other day I saw them laboring without um, without getting a win over um, Hungary. Hungary. You, this this game this game against Portugal is going to be a proper humdinger of, of a match because um, 
the Portuguese actually do need to win to guarantee. Well, let, let me put it this way: Portugal need to avoid defeat to almost be certain yeah. that they would be amongst the third, the best of place teams. How, how would yeah. you? How do you see France when you watch France playing? What What do you see? Do you know what? I feel like when you look at France, like, you know, um, other people in this conversation already said, we know they're super favourites. Mm. But I feel sometimes when they play their team like a Hungary, I feel they go into it and just think, like, look at the guys we've got, we're going to beat them. But when it comes to competitions like this, when you've got teams that just stick together, put in passion, fight, mm. it's hard to beat them. And I feel like France, they know, we know individually, they've got the Kantes, the Pogba's, but I don't know. I just got this doubt about them now after the Hungary game. And I just feel, you know what? After the way Portugal lost to Germany, I wouldn't be surprised if Portugal go and turn them over. Hmm. That would be... That would be something, you know. It would be something. <laughs> Massive. Yeah. Right. Um, Bimbo. Do you... Yeah, I'm with you. They, do, you, do you think that the criticism that England... Have faced since the um, Scotland game. Do you think it was? Do you think it's over the top, or do you think it's um, it's deserved? In my view, I think it's rightly deserved. Um, and you know what? The box stops on guy subject table, and he deserves all the criticism he's getting. For me, England has. I won't rate them. Um, during the time where we had Beckham, Scholes, we had Lampard mm. and Gerard, but Gareth Southgate is lucky to have an abundance of young talent coming up, and yeah. that English team playing—it was an anti-climax. That English team playing against uh, Scotland mm. was appalling. I had to tell somebody it was as if it was Peter Brown. And no disrespect to the team. It was Peter Brown <laughs> and Northampton Town playing. Right. Honestly. And so he deserves all the criticism he gets. They could have gone into that game. He had players on the bench. For whatever reason, Harry Kane looked, he's been out of, he's not been in this competition. Hmm. And you have Calvin Lewin on the bench. You have created, everybody saw the changes he made and we were all asking, why did you remove Foden from the team? So he deserves all he's getting. And you know what? He, 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 he might not have a second chance because just imagine if that was a knockout game mm. and you played that way. It's like, it just brought back memories. And sorry to say, I know you support United. It just brought back memories of Ole playing Villarreal in the final for a draw. I said, my God, you have a talented squad. Use them. Play to yeah. their strength. And they could have easily beaten Scotland. No disrespect to Scotland. They got Tierney and a couple of boys back and Gilmore was on fire in that midfield. But man for man, squad-wise, England should have overrun Scotland. That's my view. And he deserves all the all the criticism he's getting. Amit. Um, Amit, you there, right? Yes, Amit. Right. I, like I've been saying in the past... Um, 25 minutes. I've been saying that I would rather my team or a team I would rather the team progress how do I put it slowly so that they can build up a steam 
and then catch fire towards the end of the tournament. I, 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 I think, I think the criticism that Southgate is getting is, is well over the top. It's <laughs> the, the, the only he is by take twice he subbed Hurricane. That shows right. that for me shows a man who is not who is not swayed by public opinion, and that for me is a very good is a very good thing to have as an England as an England manager. I would not be surprised if Hurricane does not start tomorrow against Czech, the Czech Republic. See, yeah, it's it's I very mean, it's very. One, I, 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 I'm coming. It's very easy to to say stuff tactically that he's not gotten this right, hasn't gotten that right. But what I've noticed is Harry Kane has not done what he should be doing as a striker, which is what stay as a focal point in front for your for your for the team to play towards. He's always dropping into midfield. He's always going wide. He's always you know, dude. Stay in front so that your the team can play can play towards you. So that that's how that's been my reading of it. What what do you make? What do you say, Yami? I think um, you see with Harry Kane. I'm not sure. He doesn't look to me. He didn't look right to me. Like he doesn't look fully fit. Um, he looks a bit disillusioned. If I'm going to be honest with you, like, but is that because um, his personal thing, or is it because the England team are not playing to his strengths? So he's got to always come back and try and retrieve the ball a little bit deeper on the, on the field. Then that just reminds me of Spurs. You know, that's how he was playing at Spurs. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like he's dropping, he's dropping back and trying to get the ball like a number ten position. But he doesn't have it. Oh, he doesn't have a son to go run into the middle. No, 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 hold on. See, that's the point. He is not the number 10. He's a number 9. Go and stay he's in the number 9. Why are you coming deep? But, but the problem is there um, with Kane. I, I, I was watching the Scotland game. And, you know, I'm oh, sorry, love. When you say that um, we're, we're not giving Scotland enough credit yeah, because Scotland played and they played to win. They didn't play for the draw. That's the point. They came to win. Yes, they lack a little bit more quality than England do. But the fact is, Scotland outplayed England. They wanted it more. And England England did play with a little bit of arrogance before the start of the game because they already thought the game was won. So these the England players, they had to buck up their ideas. At the end of the day, I know you, uh, Calvin, you said you want your teams to build up steam. But you know what? They didn't do anything. England didn't build anything of that, that game. No, not even a single uh, play. They didn't build the ball up well at all. They were sloppy. They were hounded the whole game. And they were not able to retrieve the ball. And it's another thing, like we were saying before, about the um, the Portugal team with two holding midfielders. Yes. Us, us using Calvin Phillips and, and Declan Rice. It's, it's, it's a waste. It's belts and braces. So, I agree with you. We've got too many attacking players. Now, I, I just really believe Mason Mount should be playing in a number 10 and have the he has the ability to drop back and support the either Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. Yep. You don't, don't need to play Rice there as well. So, and one thing I have to say, the next game, if I don't see Jaden Sancho playing, mm. that's a problem for me because <laughs> he, has, he, 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 has this, he has the second most goal involvements um, out of all the English players. Right? You have to play this guy. You don't tell me he hasn't got enough experience He's got abundance of experience. He's got more experience than a lot of these players. He should be playing an attacking role. 
we lack some creativity. Jaden Sancho has a little bit of trickery that he can get past the defender and cross the ball in. We didn't cross balls in for Harry Kane. And that's what we need to do. We've got players that can cross really well, but we didn't utilise them at all against Scotland. And that's what I expect in the next game. Matt. Mm. Yes. What happens tomorrow? England run riot and beat Czech Republic 3 0. <laughs> you know, uh, nah, we're not going to say that. <laughs> it's England, mate. We're not going to yes. say that. But you know yeah, what? Yeah. Like, I feel like Amit, you know, he, he made a valid point. Sancho has to start. Why? I feel. Why does he have to start? Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what? Like, I. When he first started the season at Dortmund, I was like, oh, he's up and down. But like, he finished the season on fire. Like, no one can deny that. Why? And I look that, at England. Is that why you should start? No, because, I, you know what? I look at England's team. We look, listen, we saw Sterling. I don't know where Sterling was running to in the game at times, honestly. <laughs> Put Sancho. And the thing is, what annoyed me, then you sub for, Let's not get into that Scotland game. Yeah, moving forward. <laughs> but yeah, I feel Sancho has to start 100%. I think just go him and my guy, Jack. What he has to do to start a game, I will do not know. Honestly, Ooh. I know Jack Grealish, Grealish. Right. Okay. I don't know what more he has to do to start. I feel like in this game, I really want to see England go out, and I want to see opening twenty minutes a goal, peppering the Czech Republic goal for a second. Yeah. However, we can't deny Czech Republic are a decent team. You know, like a decent team, good players, you know, solid. So it's not going to be as easy as we think it's going to be. I think England will win, but it's going to be, I think it'll be nerve wracking. Right. Okay. I I saw a game, Sweden versus Slovakia. I swear mm. to God, it's probably the worst international football match I've <laughs> ever seen. The first half was so bad. The first time was so bad. I, I was like, this is the Euros. <laughs> the funny thing is, in that group, Spain haven't won a game. What's oh, that about? Yep. Bimbo, what's that yep. about? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, sometimes you, 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 you get every national team and the, Spain, uh, the Spanish uh, side, you know, they've been blessed with talent from... Um, winning the World Cup, winning the Euros, and I think they're currently undergoing a rebuilding process. Mm. Mm. And and you look at that, and once you have that, the standard falls a bit. So I still crack my head in, in the other game, you know, the number of passes, but they couldn't just put the ball in the net. And just like you have, they could go on having draws and being knocked out. I don't see them mm. going far. I don't see them going far. I think the Spanish side is a young team. They're undergoing a rebuilding process. And um, for me, they're not going to go far. I just think they give um, the gaffer there uh, more time to build and understand that they're undergoing a rebuilding process. It's, it's so funny that they, they play Slovakia in their last game. They win mm. and they top the group. And again, you see, you see this thing about starting slowly. They top the group and they can start to build up ahead of steam. And who knows? Um, Luis, Luis Enrique has won the Champions League with Barcelona. He's won La Liga with Barcelona. So he's, he's not, this is not um, a terrain that he's not, um, how do I put it, that like he, he won't be able to, to handle. 
I think club football is a bit different from the national team. If you ask me, mm-hmm. the Spanish side won't be in my top four. My money mm-hmm. won't be on them. If I was a betting man, I won't put my money on them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would still rate France, Italy, Belgium, and even rate, interestingly, put England ahead of the Spanish team. If Gary Southgate plays to the strength of the team, I'll still rate mm-hmm. them higher than the Spanish side. Right. Yeah. And that comes to Holland. Holland have won their first their three group games. Um, and they scored eight goals. Eight. Yeah. Mem- Memphis Depay is fulfilling um, a role that a lot of people... When I first saw him at um, Brazil in 2014, I did think that there was something there. But his time at, at United under Vangal made... He's a very strong boy because that, that experience could easily have derailed him. But he's gone to Lyon... He's gone to Neon and he's discovered his his career and he's playing well. So nobody, I, I don't think many people are tipping Holland for this for this tournament. But they've got they've got really they've got really really good players all areas of the pitch. Why man? Why should they be ignored? Do you know what I feel? You know, with Holland, I agree with you. You've got good young players. And, you know, to be fair, mm-hmm. I would put them above Spain in terms of favourites for it. I think Spain will smack man in the middle of a transition. But with the Dutch, yes, great young players. And all, but I just feel... I, I think I'm just basing it, and I've got this nostalgia thing with the old Dutch sides of the past. Yeah, so yeah. I look at, I look at this Dutch side, and, you know, you've got the likes of Dumfries, who I think is a great right back. But then I look at like they've got, still got Stecklenburg in goal, who wasn't really playing at Everton. Yeah. And you know, like just little, little things like that. I look at and I go, I can imagine when they, if they come up against, let's say, in Italy, I think they'll just get dealt with easily. But they've done well in their group. There's no denying that. But as we said, once you get to the latter stages, anything can happen. Why do you think? I mean, why? Why is my thinking that if Holland comes up against Italy, they'll be dealt with? Why? I just think um, Italy. Well, the um, the team of oh, Holland. They've got. I don't. I don't think that's fair. From the worst view, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Martin Stecklenburg's in gold. Yeah, fine. I'm not, I'm not keen on him. Not it bothers me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I understand. That's that's fair, right? But he's been in that Dutch team for a long, long time. And he's playing the World Cup final. Yes. Let's not forget, like. Even though this this is a very young team, mm-hmm. you know a lot of their players are young. Uh, you know, Delit is there. He's twenty one years old. Like Nathan Ake, Champions League winner. Okay, he didn't play a lot, but he's in a Champions League winning team. Like you just mentioned, Dumfries there, right back. He's playing amazing. And then let's look, let's look at the midfield now. That at midfield with Wijnaldum there, who's scoring goals for fun. He's he's making those late runs, similar to uh, Locatelli is doing at for mm-hmm. Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's not forget, like these players, they're all experienced players. They're not poor players. Frankie De Jong's there. Um, Frank, you know, Frank he, is, Frankie's having a superb tournament thus far. This is what I'm saying. He's having a fantastic Great. tournament. So you're you're coming up against that. It's going to be the battle of midfield if if they do come up against an Italian team, for example, because that those those two midfielders are so strong. So my, my point, think, my point is that we really should not. Dismiss. Um, it 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 should be. How do I put it? It will be careless to dismiss. It will be silly. 
because they've got they've got um they've got quality all around and in Wijnaldum, Blind, Wijnaldum, Blind, Depay, they've got they've got the the um the experience to play in, in yeah. a tournament of this nature. And they've got and they've got the youth. Yes. And they've got the youth to carry into the end. But like honestly, in my personal opinion, mm. I think they'd lack a little bit of that. You know that extra extra bit of quality, mm. that X factor. They, I think they like that, and I think when the next tournament, uh, when these players have sort of matured a little bit more, yeah. you know, they, and probably they're probably in the, the emergence of some other players, um, I think they could be a force in the future. But for now, they might think I think they'd be able to fall a little bit short. Mm. Bimbo, what do we make of Wales thus far? They, they, there's this. They could easily, easily have snatched a draw against Italy without Gareth Bale's chance that he somehow managed to sky. They, they've got. This is so funny. They've got. Um, they could. They could be coming up against either Russia or Finland in the next their round of 16 game. So really, they made the semi-finals five years ago. Are we going to ignore them? I won't. I won't be surprised. I give them an outside chance again. I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the semi-finals again. I mm. give them an outside chance. In Gareth Bill and Aaron Ramsey, probably their best two outstanding players, and um, they walk their socks off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will miss uh, Ampadu, who got a red card, a tough mm. one. Mm. In the in the last in the um, in the next game, mm. and um, but it's possible they could do it. They look going up front. They look at enterprising with Garrett Bill, and you know, then the boy from uh, United James seems to be running. But they have an outside chance. But uh, it depends on the luck of the draw. Also, uh, who do they get in the quarterfinals? And you know, sometimes during those kind of games, yeah. what is the tactics? It's just similar to how Scotland gave it to England. Um, I expected England to have beaten them, but you know what? Mm. Clark set his team up. So the same way if the Welsh, uh, the Welsh team can do the same, mm. you, you can't write them out. I won't count them out of making another semi this year. Right. Matt, uh, yeah. as, we, as we round up, which, which two players have caught your fancy or have stood out for you thus far? Ooh, one without a doubt, Patrick Schick. Oh my god, Schick, Schick, Schick. Yeah, yeah, listen, my goodness, do you know what? It's Leipzig, is that I'm sure. Like, I knew his quality, he did it right there. But listen, that goal, I couldn't believe what I saw. When I saw that, I thought, wow, just wow. Like, he's been phenomenal. And you know what? It would probably have to be probably Dumfries, you know, at right back. Like, I think he's mm. been amazing at right back. You know, I love nothing better than seeing a fullback just bombing on, and not just bombing on and staying there, but bombing on, getting back defending, just really helping out the team. And yeah, I would say for me, definitely them two. You see the funny thing you mentioned, Dumfries. The very first time I saw him playing for Holland was um, as a game against France at the Parc de mm. France. I think it was his debut. The first half, mm. He was so nervous. He was absolutely rubbish. 
Uh, Kuman, which is what shocked me, when Kuman stuck by him, and he came out yeah. in the second half. His second half performance was so different from what he did in the first half, and it was mm-hmm. it's that same second half performance that I'm seeing in this tournament now. So yeah, he's been he surprised me at the way he has he has progressed, and yeah, he's been one of the leading lights. I mean, who who are your, the two players that have? Um, stood up for you. Um, the first one I mentioned him already, uh, Spinazzola, mm. uh, at left back for Italy. I think he's been outstanding. I'll, 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 be, I'll hold my hands up and say I don't know much about him, but when I watch him in this tournament, I'm like, who is this guy, and why is he not playing playing in the Premier League? Because he, I think he's good enough. You know, cause as listen, like, look, I'm gonna say it. All right, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'll take anyone right now. And people of his, his <laughs> people of his quality are definitely uh, players that um, we would love to have in the league because he just I don't know, he's different. I, I just find he's a different kind of player because uh, you don't never you rarely see right footed left backs. Do you know what I mean? So um, and the way he works the ball is outstanding. Uh, the second second player it has is another Italian boy is, is Locatelli. Yeah. Now he, he is actually surprising me. Um, I watched him play. He has that sort of language style. He doesn't look like um, he's, he's he, but he, the way he works, he's a worker. He's mm. a runner. Mm. And I love I love players like that. He will start a, he will start a play in his own box and he will run the full length of the field just to get in the end of the whole whole chain. And they did that in one of his goals. And um, so them two players, I think they're gonna they're gonna be uh, they'll be big players. I think they'll be going to massive clubs in the future. I'm sure. Right. Um, I'll just I'll go with what Ami has said I agree with that but what I will tell you that has been outstanding for me is not about the players I agree with those two players he's mentioned is the officiating mm. at the tournament yeah, yeah. for me can, absolutely one. brilliant just look at how they get their bad decision can we ship out the guys of Stanley Park and just try to do the guys <laughs> Premiership. Can we please? <laughs> and it, it's been brilliant. You know, you don't have any break. You, you, they, they go take a decision, and the flow is there. That is the way VAR. I know Calvin has his issues around VAR. How we've, we've had that discussion, but I said technology can be used. The way it was brought into long tennis, it can be used without killing the flow of the game but it's been absolutely absolutely brilliant the officiating fantastic well on that brilliant note um i want to thank you gentlemen for coming on this um euro 2020s edition of your sports memo podcast it's been an absolute pleasure having you thank you for coming bimbo you're welcome calvin amir mark thanks a lot guys Mark, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Nice for having us, Kevin. It's Thank a you, pleasure. Man. As I said, as always, man. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. And for you listening, listening wherever you. you've listened, it's been an absolute pleasure having you listen to us. My name is Kevin Emeka and I'm signing out. Peace. <laughs>